Okay, Sweden. Multiple Offers, Season 1, Episode 1. You don't need them in the shot. No, it's just... No, everybody's... It's just right in front of the mic is a little... Oh, I see. It's just a little... I see. Okay, yeah, that's cool. All right, here we go. Doesn't the camera need to see it for the slate? As long as we've got the audio, because they're all recording their own audio. So we can sync up the three different tracks, spikes. Okay. Anyway, um, it, it's not bad if we can all see it. Like in this zone. I don't know if this zone can, should have all. Is there a zone all, where? All. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspective. Today we are talking about why new agents fail. I thought you said any agents, not just new. You're gonna have to do that again. No, we're not talking about. We're talking about why new agents fail. That's oh, the, okay. Okay, you're too hot. Do it again. I dialed you back. You can do this. I'm, do it the same the yeah, way you did. Okay. Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking about why new agents fail. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How did you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, we are back. We took a little hiatus, but we are back. And today we're going to be talking about why new agents fail. We're going to get into all the details about how the majority of new agents are out of the business very quickly. And even seasoned agents, uh, a lot of them aren't selling nearly as much real estate as you think, but... Before we get into that, welcome back, guys. We're back. Matt and Jer. I feel like it's, it's been, been so long since we've sat it, around It was and not talked. just a short <laughs> hiatus. Yeah. It's been months. So what, what should we tell the listeners? What, what Was it our big uh, falling out? <laughs> like we had some, some big, big scrap and yeah, just high, took high a drama. break. Friendship over. Yeah. Creative differences. Right. So I, I think the... The honest answer is, you know, we were doing a lot of shows on... Almost every week. Kind of the how-tos of buying and selling real estate. And I, I think we covered a lot and we're getting a little burned out on coming up with new things to talk about every week. Is that a fair statement? Yep, that was a lot of it. Yeah, so we, we kind of took a little break and decided that we did want to keep doing the show, but we're going to restructure things a little bit. Um, most of the feedback that we've gotten that's been really positive from, from listeners has been that they really enjoy some of the kind of behind-the-scenes looks at yeah, the real estate sure. industry. So we're going to try and focus more on that. There'll still be some how-to stuff, I'm sure, from time to time. And we're still going to be doing market updates, but we're going we're gonna to try and let you be a little bit more of the fly on the wall. That's on, what you said in the very first that episode. Our, that was our mission statement. But did we achieve it, is the question. No, we just talked about food and cars. <laughs> <laughs> is that exactly what I said in the first you episode? You said fly in the wall. Yeah. 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 I'm nothing if not predictable. 100%. But it was hard because we want to give people an inside scoop, but we constantly struggle with not breaking our rules. Yes. Client confidentiality and then not disparaging other agents. And between the two, it's yeah. really hard to give the goods, but we've gotten better at it. That, that episode that I was away where you guys had... Uh, one of our owners, Gail, on, and you know she sits on the disciplinary committee. I, I listened to that as a listener, and the whole time I'm like, oh, I want to know more about what Gail's talking about. And then when I got back to talk to you guys, you were like, oh yeah, Gail couldn't wasn't allowed to go into more details than 
Yeah. Like she gave as much as I she got this great story did. of this thing that happened to this person. And then you get, yeah. And you can't actually tell specifics, which kind of just, there's no point. Yeah. But we are better at it now. We kind of know yeah. rules of engagement. We're going to bring in different people with some uh, expert sort of perspectives and we'll, we're going to come back strong. And we're on video now. I mean, that's the other, that's the next evolution. Yeah, we, that's actually a, a good point. We took a bit of time. We, we turned our room into something a little more visual pleasing. Jer uh, had the really cool idea of he went down to, did you go down to the, the um, I went down West to the Museum, internet. Where did you get it? Oh, you found I it went, on the internet. I went on the internet. Um, yeah, the New West Museum and, and Archives, uh, they've cataloged all these amazing pictures of, of our city, our beautiful city. If, if you're just listening and not watching the video, We've got two of our walls wrapped in this cool old pic. Huge mural. From, yeah. I, I'm guessing it's the 30s would be my guess. Sure, Is that close? Sure. Only It'll, a couple buildings still standing, but there are. Yeah, it's, it's like downtown New West from Col- the 30s. Columbia Street, and it, yeah. It's pretty sweet. So, um, And we got, we got our three camera setup and lights <laughs> and uh, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff. So anything you guys want to check in about or do we want to just get into it here? Let's get into this show. Okay. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost one. Wrong. Wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. jump into it why is this something that we're going to talk about today why 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 is this an important thing for maybe new agents to hear or maybe the, the public to actually understand about i think about it's extremely estate. relevant right now because i mean anytime you got a big market push there seems to be a, a ton of new licensees i think we had um this is totally a quote in my own head and not necessarily fact-checked at all matt mm-hmm. um but I, a good thousand plus agents intaked when the market is picking up and then when things start to change, uh, I think it, it happens pretty consistently when the market is going good. We've got lots of new agents. Um, you kind of expect that it's going to be a little bit easier than it is. And, and I think now we've just come through a bit of a harder time in the softer market. And so it's probably something that's valued if people are still in the business, but might be thinking maybe they made the wrong choice. Uh, hopefully we can provide some insights and help for them. Yeah. I mean, this Episode talking point was not my idea. It came out of Jeff's mouth, but I don't know if the two of you kind of brainstormed it. Yeah, Jer and I... Okay. Okay. Full disclosure. (laughs) I'm going to maybe make some enemies in the office here. Do it. Right now. (laughs) We have a lot of new agents in the office. Per capita. Yeah. Yeah, not not a ton, (laughs) but we've had a, a new wave come in. And not only that, we have a sister office in Coquitlam. Yep. And... Sin, and they've got a lot of new agents too. There's just uh, the end of the year seems to be a reason when people look for new offices if maybe they've been struggling or they're new agents and they're just trying to get started. So I got asked to go and talk at Coquitlam to the new agents. That same week, I saw Matt giving really good advice to two new agents in our office who then proceeded not to do anything <laughs> with it. Jer did the same. I gave what I thought was really good advice to a new agent in the office. And then the next day I saw him doing completely the opposite of what we talked about, about like, here's a plan that you can execute that will make you money and and kickstart your business. And then, 
you know, at the time he's like, yeah, 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 that, mm-hmm. all that sounds amazing. And then I come in the next day and he's doing like something totally yeah, different, or, like very low okay. rate of return. So, so you were I, inspired. I think there was a pain point of like, <laughs> why? Jared and I, I think we're talking about like, why doesn't anybody listen? And not just us specifically, but you know, when you come to any new office, there's a lot of veteran agents who've been doing this 10 plus years. If you've stayed in the business 10 plus years, you are, you do know how to run a business. And what real estate school doesn't teach you at all is how do you run a business? No, there's no like, okay, where do I start? What do I do? And I think that was probably the beginning of thinking, hey, this might be an interesting conversation. And it kind of stings a little bit that you're like, you take time out of your day. You're yeah. providing some amazing advice from a seasoned realtor who's been doing this for, for quite a long time. And, you know, the next day you hear them asking someone else again the same thing. I just told you, and you're not doing it. Yeah, maybe try it. Yeah. And then. And you, and you wonder yeah. if there's, if it's just like, a, I'm just hedging my bets, let's figure out what some other guys are doing because I didn't quite like that answer. Yeah. Or that's not congruent with what I think and what I'm going to do. So I'm waiting for someone to just tell me the same thing. And what my idea is, is in fact what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. There's maybe confirmation bias like you're talking about. And I think too, um, gathering information is really fun. It's fun to be like, Hey Matt, how do you run your business? And Matt tells you and you're like, Oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I could do that. Great. But then when Mm -hmm. you sit, real estate's a lonely business and there's no boss. There's nobody sitting over your shoulder being like, because unfortunately, everybody's answer is going to actually be work. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, like, that sounds hard. It sounds like yeah. it takes some courage to sort of take the leap and do that. So, so let's build through this. We've got three components that we're going to take the listeners through. The first phase is what's inspired us is they, they weren't listening, right? They're, they're yeah. kind of doing it wrong. And then if they do listen and they get it right, then they're trying to generate leads. But the next phase might be that they're not generating leads. That would be the next yeah. reason that new agents have difficulty. And then the third is that even if they are generating leads, they're having trouble closing those leads and turning that into revenue for their business. So we'll build up through there. Yeah. We've talked about a little bit of they don't listen, but let's give some of our favorite examples of that and maybe let's try to be constructive. Just before we do, <laughs> I just want to, just in case we've got people yeah. outside of the inter- industry listening, which hopefully we do. Yeah. Um, I one time was talking to a new salesman. He was a car wash guy. And young kid, Anthony, do you remember he used to come around here and, and yeah, he needed to work on cars. his clothes. Yeah. So he was really bad at closing, <laughs> which if, if you're unfamiliar with the term is your ability to ask for the sale. Like he would come in and he'd talk about all the great things he would do. And then he'd just leave instead of being like, does anybody want to hire me to come wash your cars? And the service he was providing was great. And I told him he needed to work on his clothes, which we're going to get there. You need to be able to work on your clothes. And he got really sad and said, like, oh, my mom thinks I dress okay. Uh. <laughs> and he thought clothes versus clothes. So if, if people don't know what Matt's talking about, the ability to close is just the ability to ask for the sale. That's all we're talking about. Such a nice guy, though. Yeah. And super ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. And he's still running. This is like five years later. He's got a successful... He's learned it. Car detail shop for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, No, closing isn't necessarily... Some people, if they're in sales, are like, oh, you you tricked somebody into following through. You need to clarify that word. Yeah. 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 And it's it's not. It's just that, you know, you get them to a certain point. You've guided them there. But you do need to have the tools. And we'll talk about it in that segment. I think we're going to get big time into what you're talking about. Yeah. The tools to help get that deal done. Because getting a client and turning that client into revenue for your business. Of course, the client wants to buy a home and that will be revenue for your business, but you need to have the tools to do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, When we talk about them not listening or maybe doing the wrong thing, you know, I had a few ideas in my head, but I think the first thing you said, Jeff, is they all think it's going to be easy. 
right? People come yes. into this business and they, they don't really want to hear that it's, it's hard, right? So we're all 10 years in the business. You know, we've been through it. Since, we all started new. Um, and uh, for me, I, I got a mentor so that I didn't have to necessarily, I, I followed one person's model, you know, and kind of just did everything that Jerry said. And a lot of, if you've heard past episodes, you know that I worked with, with Jerry Major. That's something all of us here have in common. All yeah. of us learned from a veteran agent. Jerry learned from Matt Brabins. <laughs> <laughs> jab, jab. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to qualify that with an answer. <laughs> no, both, both of you spent some time working under Jerry Major. Yeah. 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 I he started, had a proven, yeah. you know, it's a totally kind of different approach in some ways in terms of, of making his pond smaller and working sort of this, this yeah. micro market. Um, and it was working very well. And it and Matt was brought in under his wing and, and I joined the team too. And I, I was extremely helpful um, being at our office too with just having a bunch of great, great mentors yeah. and people around with, with great experience and listening to them as was, was extremely helpful for me. Something that I think is really important that I didn't think about until I was making fun of Jim <laughs> is uh, <laughs> that... Um, a little self-reflection. Yeah. I think the important thing is both of you mentored under Jerry Major, who is a fantastic, or was a fantastic realtor before he retired. Jerry was great. He was. I think it's safe to say, though, neither of you run your business the way Jerry ran his business. I, th- I think part of the problem is agents want to put the horse before the cart, you, you know, or the cart before the horse, however that goes. Like, the horse before the heart? Like, <laughs> model a business first and then iterate, right? Then figure out how, like, you took what Jerry did and over time you've been like, oh, well, this part doesn't really work for me. That's a little old fashioned. Like, there are different things that you're doing but you started with a foundation that you would, knew was good. Yeah, and I'd love to do it exactly the way he did it in 2001. Sure. And it worked incredibly well for him, but marketing from 2001 doesn't work today. Times change. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, for sure. I think, too, that there's actually a fundamental problem just if we're talking about somebody who's just gotten licensed, a good chance is that they thought that this was going to be easy. So coming into this, like, you have somebody telling you, seasoned, whatever, five years, 10 years, 15 years, like it's hard. There's, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be this or that. And if you're coming in with this notion that like, I got this cool, thanks. Uh, I've got Instagram or social media or something. This is just going to be easy for me. Um, it just couldn't be further. For, it's just a setup and a trap yeah. um, to, to come into that and, and think that I know like, yeah, for me, one of the, one of the traps too, is you, you, like we were trained this by one of our mentors, Keith, here, uh, analyzing, you know, your leads, your customers, your clients, who are you working with, who are your people, um, and you come and you think, like, I've got my, my buddy John's buying something, I've got, and you think that you've got potentially these, my, like, my dad's got a, an apartment he's going to sell, like, you've got these potentially guaranteed deals, um, and it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, and I, we've touched on it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be easy's sister problem is I'm going to have so much free time. Like, I think people get into the business because they think it's easy and they think like, I'm going to make so much money and I get to set my own hours. And at the beginning, you like one of the ways that we generate leads, we're going to talk about generating leads in a second is by spending money. When you're new as an agent, you probably don't have disposable income to spend on generating leads. And that stuff takes time. Even if you have the money, Yeah. Um, like it doesn't just, you send out one mailer and people call like you have to send mail consistently uh, for months and months and months at, at potentially a thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, totally. So the thing that new agents have 
is time. Yeah. Like I look at all the new agents who come in and are successful, and I think we're going to try and have some of these guys on the show in a few weeks. All of them are putting in massive hours. Big hours in trying yeah. to meet new people. Or yeah. you, but, but really, you could just sell a couple million dollar places. And oh. like, I've got a new business model. We hear this too. Like, you guys are doing it wrong. You keep selling these cheap condos and a couple yes. houses here and there. Um, no, no. What you really want to do is just make sure you're selling like the $2 million or at yeah. least a million dollars and up. Why you haven't have a lot you more idiots thought of just being the luxury <laughs> specialist? <laughs> like, yeah. Huh. Every new agent. Every one of them. They're yeah. like, I got this. They think that, and it's great they have confidence, but they have all these great new ideas and they're going to do it better than us. Yeah. Right? And that's part, partly maybe why they don't listen. I mean, you talk about, Jeff, the situation where I came into the the the, the group lounge, the, the common work area, and somebody was working on something. They're working on a mail out. And I just shared some feedback. I said, I've done a lot of mailers over you know 10 years. And it's not going to be very effective for you right now when you're brand new. There's a lot of stuff that goes into people's mailboxes. You're a new face. You can't really give them a strong reason to choose you over someone else. Invest your time. Like you just said, Jeff, right? I gave this advice and she's like, but I can get a really good deal. I have this way I can get a discount on the mailer. And I just, you know, I don't think it's going to work out. Like, yeah. And, uh, but they just didn't want to, they didn't want to take the advice, you know? And I was like, like, uh, it's a lot of money. Like it's a lot of money for something that I can tell you right now. Like it's a long road to success on that one. You might want to focus your efforts somewhere else, but they just didn't really want to heed the advice. The, The other thing that I see happen is they just are maybe heeding too much advice and not focusing on one or two key activities. It could just be a little overwhelming for them. Well, like I I think part of the problem is you go to, like if you go to 10 successful agents in our office and say, how do you run your business? We're all going to have different answers. All of them will work. Like there are a lot of different ways to run a successful real estate business. But the problem is, like I I had an agent come in and he was focusing on... um, what should I do? And he was asking me and he was really frustrated because he's been doing it for a few months and not really getting any traction. And I was talking to him and he has a background with builders. And I was like, well, how many builders, like he was a supplier for builders. And I'm like, well, how many builders do you have in your, your database? And he's like, oh, between all the names of people that I used to supply to, I probably have 300 people in there. I'm like, okay, well, that's where you start. Like send and this isn't me. This is, this is a, uh, a Keith Roy, an agent in Vancouver, told me this one time. Uh, send five letters a day and then two days le- later follow up with those people and try to book appointments with them. And then when you, if you get one appointment a week, sit down and talk about your new, like, hey, I was a supplier. My experience in that applies to real estate. I understand this different than agents and start trying to build relationships with these people. And if you do that every week consistently, you'll get business. That's a gold nugget. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Is this the only way to do it? No. Is it a great way? Yes. And he was, he was like, Oh, I have that. And I'm like, you have a way better database than anybody else starting out new. I've ever seen. Like you have people in the industry, like these guys will be doing real estate. You should focus on this. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do five mailers a day, five calls a day, try to get one appointment a day. I come in the very next day and he's, He's on the phone with somebody, but I can tell they don't know him and they're mad that he's on the phone with him. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, this other realtor was telling me that he cold calls. And cold calls totally a way to make business. That's calling people you don't know and annoying them and trying to hope that uh, somebody, you can tell I'm not a fan. Uh, But it does work. Yep. He bought somebody else's list of people they'd already called and failed and was calling them now. 
And you know what? Maybe that would work too. But if you try each thing for a day, like you're not going to get paid on day one. You need to do that consistently every day. Like, and in a couple of months, you'll be doing big business from whatever you commit to. But if you keep just like, oh, well, that's not working after two days or that didn't feel good. Now what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? You're never going to get any traction. It's kind of delicate between consistency and doing the wrong thing, though, for, well, for a long time. There so, and that's, certainly and that's are a, better activities than others. That's, that's a yeah. challenge, yeah. One thing I really like about, about that, the Keith Roy sort of nugget there um, is it's so manageable. Totally. I know when I know I can remember, you know, 11 plus years ago or whatever, when I first started working, um, I think we were doing it was a Bifino. Feeney, whatever uh, training, but it was like, yeah, your people like send stuff out, but it was, it was a big, it was kind of a big sort of mail blast or a big like reach out and and it becomes a bit hard to manage for people. And I I think that just picking smaller amounts, it's totally, totally doable for people and you don't have to feel too overwhelmed because you're never going to get those lunches and those coffees because you want to get in front of these people and say like, Hey, I'm, I'm new. I'd love some help. Yeah. Um, So we're talking about how they kind of didn't listen. We give some of these ideas, you know, some of these ideas will work. So for the folks who do maybe listen, or they've just found something for themselves that works, they're trying to generate the leads, right? And we've kind of phased into that, right? With cold calling or going through your database, you're trying to generate leads, but new people can struggle with that. Um, other ways they generate leads, you mentioned with their time, so they're going to open houses, Yeah, right? Uh, we've seen some success from new people. Uh, cold calling, so really it's, try- it's cold calling in different varieties. Open houses, well, that's warmer because tr- it's somebody who you've never met before. Yeah, Cold calling straight up on the phone, just going through a list of people. Explain to somebody who maybe doesn't understand, like, aren't you... Aren't you trying to sell the open house? <laughs> right. How, how does it... So when you're new, you typically don't have any listings under your name. So you host an open house for another agent. And your primary reason why you're there is to meet people who are looking to buy a home and don't already have an agent they're working with. Yeah. And you say, I would like to be your agent. Right. Or, can I help you? Would you like some help? Whatever it is. Um, so that's where they're looking to pick people up there. Cold calling people from lists that have been provided to them, different ways of getting a hold of them. And then the third that we've seen some success in the office is door knocking. Right. Right. Takes a lot of time, takes a lot of courage. Yeah, but it's free. Door, door knocking is <laughs> a perfect example of if you're going to do it, and all of them are. But that's a real like. It might take you months of knocking on doors, but the payoff is pretty good because if you're no- knocking on doors, it's a house. Houses are pretty high commission. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and they do, it does work. I I would never want that to be my way of making a living. I I I don't like to do anything that. I don't want people to do to me. And when random people knock on my door, I hide until they go away. Like, I'm just like to the kids. I'm like, shh. <laughs> like, I don't, like, just I don't need quiet. another vacuum. Yeah. I don't need a new religion. I don't no, need a new vacuum. I, I do want Girl Scout cookies. If you're a Girl Scout listening to this, knock only, on my door. Only if many... they're the mint chocolate ones. Though. Oh yeah. Those Not that are other ones. garbage. Yeah. I, like the, it, the half and half. No one wants like, those. I, I, yeah, totally. Sorry. Yeah. Tangent. Um, what were we talking about? Lead gen. Okay. Generating leads. Uh, I'd, I'd say generally the hardest, the biggest challenge for new agents to generate leads is asking for the business. I th- you think that's the biggest one? Well, I, I would argue it's uh, consistency. I would, consistency. I would like actually having a routine where every day I've got to generate a lead. So I'm kind of building up from the they don't listen. Yeah. Let's assume they yeah. listened and they took an activity and yeah. they're going to an o- they're hosting two open houses every single weekend but they can't seem to get leads and they fail in the business, yeah. right? Or they, they are cold calling or they're door knocking and they're, and they're talking to five different people every single day. They're talking to 25 people a week and you're like, wow, you've talked to a lot of people. And like, I have no leads, 
right? I, I'd say what's you, happened. You're getting there, the volume of people yeah, of faces. If you've been consistent, I guess what I'm saying, Jeff, for new right. agents. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is, so once we've solved the consistency <laughs> problem. Yeah. Now what? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because we've seen that. We've seen agents who have gone out there and they have put in the time and they have had face-to-face with people and it's like, you should have more leads. What's wrong? Yeah. We're right? maybe missing a, a point in our, like three points is better because how many, I'm just going to say this and then let's talk about uh, actually asking for the business, but how many times does an agent come into the office, introduce you to you as like, oh, I'm so-and-so, I'm new, blah, 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 blah. And then you never see them again. Like that happens all the time. Or somebody comes back like six months later and like, oh, good to see you again. And I'm like, I, we met? <laughs> like, like, yeah. So yeah, okay. Once you've gotten over the like, I have to go to work. I have to actually schedule like from at 9 a.m. every morning, I'm going to do the Keith Roy thing or do the whatever, do my, whatever my strategy is. Yeah. Yeah. People are, it's hard because shouldn't people just want to work with me? I, I guess in most other jobs, real estate, you have two jobs. You yes. have to do the job and you have fine people to hire you to do the job. Yep. And most people I bet are better at doing the job than finding people. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like a, a, another kind of segue from the listen part too is like I can remember, you know, several eight new agents just letting them know like you need to do open houses. Your, your phone's not just going to magically ring. You don't like a lot of offices don't have walk-ins anymore. Um, so, you know, getting to the open houses is one of the best ways that you can get in front, your face in front of people that are actively at least taking the step to move and go see a property in, in person. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, there's two open house days, Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes other days, but like t- typically people are out on those days, you have a higher chance of meeting people um, well, and potentially doing like two on each day. They don't have to be two to four. Think outside the bun, get, uh, get a couple happening there and. Yeah, that's really good advice for new agents. I, I grinded open houses like crazy when I was new. Now I try to do as few as possible. I try to do one open house a weekend. That's that's my my goal. But when I was new, or if times are ever tough, four opens a weekend is a pretty good way to guarantee that. Like, okay, we're gonna get something going as long as you're asking when and you're actively. Yeah, don't just hand. That's another trap. Don't just hand your business card out. I can't, I, I was doing that for, for quite a long time when I was new, just sort of thinking like I made a good connection and I gave them my card and that card went either straight up into the garbage or into the washing machine. Do you, do you guys remember that meeting where we had, this was years ago, we had uh, a new guy who will rename, remain nameless, but he was talking about how he wanted all these different, um, uh, he wanted all these different ways to generate leads. Like he was trying to sell hotels in America. Everything he wanted to do just was out there and stupid. Um, but one of our very seasoned veterans, Donna Taze, was at the meeting. And Donna is a fantastic agent. Um, but she was like, well, yeah, I, I go to open houses. And I just hand people my card and say, if you want to work with me. You call me. You call me. <laughs> and like, I saw his eyes light up. Like He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's how I'm going to do this. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, when you've been in the business 20 plus years... And people are like, oh, yeah, I've seen your signs for 20 plus years. My friends have worked with you. I've heard your name. You can say, mm. hey, you call me. And also you have more than enough business to go around. When you're brand new and nobody knows what your name and you also don't really have a lot of experience yet, you got to chase that lead. Yeah, mm. and you got to take some of the, the weaker leads, the harder to work leads. You yeah. know, the one, I know one of our seasoned agents used to say one of their key things they would ask people is what's your timeline? And if they were looking to buy way out in the future, he's like, ah, that's not really the right lead for me. But when you're new, no, 
Yeah, you, you got take time. all the leads. Yeah. <laughs> you put it in your calendar that uh, that you will call that person in whatever four months, you, five months, yeah, six months. Yeah, but yeah, you you work a man, right? So, you don't have that luxury to be to be picky with. Well, with what and, you got. and then so like with that example with Donna, right? She's there. Some people maybe know her tenure in the business. Some people that she hands her cards to and say, "Hey, just call me." Maybe you're meeting and hearing of her for the very first time. But one thing she exudes in that presentation is confidence and yeah. expertise. Mm-hmm. You know. Donna knows her shit yeah. when she's talking, right? Like, yeah. like, and I think most experienced yeah. agents have the benefit of that. Yeah. New agents don't. It's, it's interesting how there's this unqualified thing with new agents. Like when I was a new agent, I dealt with a different, like you got the people who were kind of crazy. Like, I don't know if they're just attracted to you because they can smell that you kind of don't know what you're doing yet and they can maybe take advantage. But it, it seems like... Or if you just subconsciously filter those people out as you get more, you're like, yeah, I'm not calling that guy back. And you just don't even realize why. But you tend to work with harder clients when you're new. Is, yeah. that, is that fair well, to say? Well, and because a more sophisticated client who's easier to work with knows that they should be identifying an experienced right. agent who's, who's valuable to them. Yeah. A new agent really isn't all that valuable to you. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the hardest part when you're new is that you don't provide nearly the same value as somebody with two or more years of experience. The pitch that they make is that, you know, I want this more than anything. I'm going to work so hard for you. Yeah. The, 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 the new agent value proposition for sure is I will outwork what I don't know. And I, like Matt suggested earlier, have a mentor who I'm going to go to when, if you don't have a mentor, it's hard to pitch that. But if you can say, Hey, I got a guy, he's taking me under his wing. You're getting his experience, but my energy, that's a pretty decent way to pitch it. But it's it's tough for, yeah. for a new agent. I think what we've been talking about, about asking, like the generating a lead, the asking for business at an open house is very closely connected to our final sort of point we wanted to talk about, which was the ability to actually close the sale. Because asking for business and closing is, they're very related skills. Absolutely. But we can say you asked for the business. You're at that open house. You asked, would you like some help? And now you're helping them and you're showing condos and you've shown them 10 condos. Now you're up to like 30 condos and you're in the group work area talking to us and telling us about your client who you've shown 30 condos to. And you're like, so... You're in the friend zone. They like hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) They like hanging out with you on the weekend. (laughs) So that's where it's time to help them make a decision. And that's what we mean by closing. Yeah. That's fair. And I, I think closing gets a dirty reputation. Like, I, I think the biggest problem for new agents closing is they don't want to be salespeople, right? They don't want to be like Wolf of Wall Street. A like, lot of them got I'm, into the business yeah. saying, I'm not going to be a greasy real yeah. estate salesman. That is a, a stereotype that exists out there. And I'm going to be the unreal estate agent. Totally. Another, yeah. another Keith Roy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's his is show. He a, is he a sponsor now? Are we getting, <laughs> yeah. are we getting that Keith Roy money? Maybe we're trying to get a Keith Roy. If we could convince him to come on the show at some point, and we're like, we just keep plugging you, you might as well. Yeah, guess that, that'd be unreal. That, oh, clever girl. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going for three? Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a big part of the problem. Like, we had a new agent here probably about a year ago, and I thought he had everything to succeed. He was probably in his late 40s would be my guess. And a lot of times with new agents, one of the big hurdles is you're young. And people are like, oh, you're young. You must not know what you're doing. A big advantage you have to starting in real estate later is people assume that you've been selling real estate (laughs) for later. 
He was incredibly friendly, incredibly personable. When I talked to him, I trusted him. Yep. And I was like, and he was working. He put the time in for sure. He was doing four open houses and he had every leads. weekend. He's showing property. And he was showing property. And I don't think he did more than a few deals. And the deals he did were essentially done by the agent who was mentoring him, who he brought in on it because he was like, okay, you're kind of suffering here or I'm away. I need you to finish doing this stuff. And when I look back at him, the only thing he was missing is I think in his head, I had lots of conversations with him because I really liked him and well, I still really like him, but he just wasn't a successful agent. Um, I think the only thing he was missing is he didn't want to be a slimy sales guy and he couldn't, ask for the order he never closed and i i think for me and i'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this too the big sort of shift in thinking because i had trouble closing when i was new i think most of us do yeah this is a this is a skill it's something you have to learn there there are very few people who just naturally do it and those who do are kind of sociopaths sometimes you're like (laughs) oh that is the slimy sales guy sorry slimy sales guys um i had to start thinking about it more as i don't care if you say yes or no I'm not here to force you into doing something you're uncomfortable with. I need to know and I need to help you make a decision so that I can figure out the best way to help you accomplish your goals. And if I don't ask, like if I go to uh, Future Shop and I'm staring at TVs and nobody comes up to me and is like, hey, are you interested in that? Like, what do you need to, like, can I help you with this? Blah, blah, blah. That's a bad salesperson. And I'd leave unhappy like, oh, nobody wanted to help me. I stood at those TVs for 12 minutes waiting for someone yeah, to come Yeah, why didn't and, somebody come talk to say, me? Like, and say, like, would you like me to yeah. tell you the difference between the two you keep looking at? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I built a, a routine that helps me. Like, I, whenever I'm talking to people, at some point during the showing, and I laugh about it, I'm like, you're going to get sick and tired of me asking you this, but I think it's the most important question. I'm going to ask them, hey, can you see yourself living here? And if the answer is yes, I'm going to say, hey, well, what, what would you score this out of 10? And... When they score it, if it's seven or lower, I say, hey, you know, well, what's, what's missing? Why, why isn't this? And we get into a good conversation, and I'm not going to try and sell them that home. I want them to buy something better than a seven out of ten. But if it's an eight or higher, I'm going to say, well, is this a contender? Is this one you want to think about? And we're going to get into that conversation. And often when we have these sevens and sixes, I'm like, hey, by the way, just so you know, when you say eight or nine, because nobody's ever said 10 in my whole life, I'm going to ask you, do you want to buy it? And they know. They know that if they say to me, and that to me helps me ease into it. For sure. So that it's like, that's just sort of my routine I've built. Well, yeah. And, and you've built a routine that, that lays it out really easily for anybody listening and watching, right? Yeah. That, you know, it's about building perspective for our clients and that's what we do, right? I mean, I came from other jobs before real estate where I was a salesman. Right. I had a specific stable of products I had to sell and I had to talk people into it or I didn't get paid. Yeah. And why, the reason why I love this business is <laughs> yeah. I can say, do you like this house? And they say no. And I say, great. Cool. Let's find a different we'll one. We'll go find another <laughs> yeah. one. I'll still get paid. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, no problem. Yeah. Right. But what the new person has to understand is they came to you because they want to buy a home. Right. Not because they want to look at homes. They do want to buy one. And yeah. you need to believe in yourself to say, they want me to help facilitate that. And it's okay to say like, I think you kind of are leaning towards this as the one. 
Yeah. We should be talking more about that instead of just looking for the next one. And definitely with experience over the years, what I've learned the most is it's okay to say to people, I am the experienced person. I've seen a lot of product. We can keep doing this for a long time and I'm comfortable spending a lot of time with you showing enough homes. I can tell you though, we've seen the majority of the cross section of what's going to come available to you in your price point, in your budget. So this is kind of what you have to choose from. That is such a good point because if you see something that's really right for your client and they're not, maybe they haven't seen enough yet to know, I mean, it's not necessarily right to be like, hey, this is the one you got to buy it. I would never say that. But I will often say to guys like, hey, I've seen a lot of product. This one, this one really stands out. Like, let's... Just be aware, this is better. Than yeah. Well, in, in the Jeff, <laughs> yeah. like, rank it out of 10 model, yeah. if they keep saying 7 out of 10, it's like, okay, the only way now I can take you to an 8 out of 10 based on what you're telling me you need to get to an 8 is at a higher budget. Totally. Right? Yeah, yeah we, we either, either need to move further out so you're going to get more bang for your buck or we need to raise the price. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I, 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 it's okay to say, like, I can't deliver on that. And yeah. I, definitely for me when I was new, I was trying to deliver. I was trying to find an eight out of 10. In You're like budget. an eight will show up eventually, even yeah. though it's unrealistic. And yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, like, no, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to yeah. find this thing for you. And, and you don't. And then when you don't, and, you've, and a year and a half has gone by, they sort of say like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's it's not happening for me. Yeah. You know, so it's it's always good to circle back to what was their objective because our job is to help them achieve their objective. Yeah. That's what it is, right? Jared, um, what, what do you, is there anything else you think as far as closing a lead that To be able to use, to I mean, the, the kind of the angle or or essentially what Matt's talking to, um, you need to be able to see the inventory. So I think for a new agent, like it, it's kind of imperative for you to be able to have like this confidence um, that like, hey, we're kind of spinning our tires here. Like that that unicorn that you're looking for probably right. doesn't exist. Um, so imagine those expectations, but to be able to have that, that, that confidence, you need to see the properties. Um, and, you know, maybe that's... Uh, you know, if you're, if you're picking a farm or if you're picking an area that you want to work, a specific kind of, or a type of person or demographic or whatever, um, you need to see those places. So maybe like go out on the, maybe take one day to do two open houses, maybe on the other one, go see them. Um, if there's a, like a local realtor tour, uh, you can figure that out. We used to do one here in New West. Yep. Um, a great way yeah, to go. Yeah, the guy who like, was running that just <laughs> ran that into the ground. Hey, the yeah, local realtor tour run by Jeremy, right? Nobody <laughs> wanted to come hang out with me on tour. Um, well, that's very indicative of new agents though, is that they all now kind of hide out. It's, yes. it's they're, they're not nearly as visible as they used to be. You know, you could always make a tour work because there were new people who wanted to come and see inventory and you invite the new people today and they're like, nah, I got a thing. And one thing they don't realize, they're going to do business by hanging out with new agents. Like, or sorry, hanging out with seasoned agents. If you're a new agent and you're going on tour and you're doing open houses and you're like, you pick, like, let's say you pick Matt and Jaren every week, you call Matt and Jaren, you're like, hey, you got any open houses for me? Blah, 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 blah. Eventually, Matt and Jer get a buyer lead that's a conflict like, Oh, we don't have time for this guy or he wants to buy our place and we need another agent to represent him or like stuff will flow to you by being around seasoned agents. The success of my business all started with tour. Yeah. I went on tours the day I became licensed and kept going on tour to meet other agents, right? To show them that I was worth their respect. And that's how I earned a mentor. Well, and just like, even if it's not tangible, I'm a better agent by the fact that we do this show, that the fact that we go to lunch and we talk real estate every week, mm. like just being around and hearing what you guys are dealing with and the situations and then something comes up and I'm like, oh, I haven't dealt with this, but this is just yeah. like the story Jer told me and I can pass that on. Like, 
it's very valuable as I'd, a realtor to know. spend time with other realtors. I don't know if our office is a little bit different. Um, I think it's very I know, different. I know like my, well, my, my previous office, they still had like a little bullpen and people would be around. Um, but uh, I know we're like super collaborative here, but maybe when you are interviewing offices or whatever, just are there agents around? Does it seem like people are helpful? Um, what kind of vibe do you, do you get? Um, like even just like talking about buildings or like, Hey, I just, just being that like fly on the wall, listen to the podcast. That's awesome. Go to your office though. Um, cause you can ask questions like, Hey, I don't know this building. You can find out pretty quick without even necessarily going into all the minutes before even showing a property. It looks suspect. Um, yeah. but you know, you can get one st- you yeah. know, information, dirt on buildings, just a crazy wealth of, of knowledge. So hundred percent agree. If you're in a brokerage that maybe isn't as openly collaborative as ours is, Jeff's point is correct. You need to make yourself visible to earn some rapport with at least a few agents yeah. who will take your questions and take your calls. Because if they don't know you and you call them up, you're like, hey, remember we work in the same office. Could you tell me kind of like what you thought about this building? I saw you did a deal in there like six months ago. Who are you? I'm busy. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, come on, man. I got other stuff to do. But, but you're providing like seasoned agents love when new agents want to do their open houses because veteran agents don't want to do open houses. Like they're tired, they put in the years. <laughs> they, they, if if somebody wants to do an open house for them, that's a benefit. So yeah, yeah. provide value. I think maybe why don't we wrap this up? Do we, do I, we, I've got another. Got I've else? got a last evolution here of where okay. where agents fail based on closing. Right. So okay. So let's assume they close the lead because we've talked about getting them to make an offer on a property. Yeah. Getting an accepted offer and getting a firm offer is now another new challenge. Ah, uh, so. Just in case people don't understand what Matt said, offer gets accepted, but now you've got your subjects you need to fulfill, like getting financing, inspecting, and whatnot. And yeah, that's a huge mistake new agents make is just letting the buyer kind of float and do their own yeah, thing. Yeah, well, and, and, they can, and they could even try to coach their way through it, but they don't have enough experience in transactions to sometimes know. Yes. Right? And that's, that's where somebody can help them. But they learn through just their mistakes, right? They're like, oh, well, we did the inspection, the inspector found this, and then I couldn't kind of talk through a solution, and we ended up walking away from that deal, and we'll go find another one. Good news is you can go find another one, but isn't it nice if the first one works out? And maybe there was a way to solve that for the buyer. You've talked yeah. about in our inspection episode way back in the day, a lot of times you can get compensation for the things you find rather than walking away or, or get work done. Like there, there's more than one way to skin the cat. Right? There are solutions and they tend to find out like, they're, oh, that didn't work. I tried, I, I failed. And then next time they'll be better. Right. right. They're learning from their failures. Totally. Right. But you've got to learn through those failures. You've got to go through it. And that makes it even harder. Even before that though, <laughs> um, having the conversation before about buildings and inspection and just just like a, a preamble to, hey, by the way, there's going to be things. Because um, you can just, a, a, a buyer can read a depreciation report, you know, a day after your, your accepted offer and just be, uh, you know, just be too scared off because of one thing. And, and if you don't know how to navigate that and explain it to a client, um, certain things are extremely scary in terms of minutes and, and things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, setting the table is, is a term we use all the time in our office. It was coined by Trevor Kwok, who's long since left our office, but we'll still give him credit. But yeah. setting the table is something we always bring up. It's yeah. about setting expectations yes. for your clients. And that's hard to do when you're new because you don't know what the expectations are. You can ha- you can literally <laughs> have a debris, like the, 
the nailing home, the, like the whole thing with depreciation reports is, is they can just fully kill a deal very quickly because someone sees something in there. Not that we're going to sell somebody a crappy building, but there's a way to navigate that and, and have a conversation about it because they'll see it could happen again on the next one. And they're like, Oh, what, so one this thing, actually isn't a, a bad thing. One thing I like to do with first time buyers is send them a few depreciation reports early. Perspective. Of, yeah, because the first depreciation report you read is really scary. Always. And then you read a bunch of them and you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of how they all go. Or, or And if you've seen some average ones, when there is one that's scary, you're like, wait a second. This is way more than those kind of other ones in that loop. Absolutely. So why, why don't we kind of to close here, um, if you had one piece of advice to a new agent, what would that piece of advice be? I've called back to it over and over through the episode. For me, it's get a mentor. Yeah. Uh, work for cheap if you have to for a year or two. It's better to learn from somebody else's 10 years of mistakes than make your own mistakes for four years and potentially end up you know, failing out of the business. I think it's better to work for cheap, get it right. Now, you might have a mentor who you work directly with as part of a team, or you might have somebody who you just have a collaborative relationship with. Maybe you pay them a referral fee for some transactions. It can be structured different ways. You want to do me next? Sure. What okay. do you got? You're just looking at me like that, like it's my turn. Um, okay, so I would, I, I can't really nail it. Like, I, I almost want, like, you've got 15, did, you got 15 seconds to save a did real Did you not do your homework? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got, I've got them written down here. Oh, you're uh, having trouble sticking to one thing. That's the problem. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I want to say, you know, make your pawn small, know your product, um, be, be intentional if you can. Um, but, but, yeah, know, know your product. If you're doing an open house in Vancouver and then Richmond and then Burnaby uh, on, on different weekends and things like that, it's just, it's a, it's too big of a bite, I think, to, to chew off. So, and with that, knowing your product, confidence is going to come um, and clients will come. That's good. Yeah, it falls into the sort of the, the vein of repetition, which is yeah. good in, in any industry, any task, any skill. Yeah. I'm kind of on that, that same note. And again, we, we touched on this a little but I think it's really important. Uh, Richard Robbins, who this is something actually we've talked a lot about getting a mentor. There are also very good real estate speakers out there. And there are there are a bunch of them that it's a good idea, I think, for new agents to kind of a lot of them have tons of free information on YouTube. There's Richard Robbins, there's Brian Buffini, there's the Tom Ferry. Yeah, they introduce of, you to their tools yeah. for free yeah. in the hopes that you'll pay for their coaching. Yeah. Um, or, well, there's steps, right? Yeah, there's or, come to an event. Yeah. If you're really into it, get into coaching. Like there's a whole rabbit hole you can go down. And if you don't have a mentor, I would say a coach is probably a good uh, it's a good investment way to to yep. get a mentor, right? It's the same thing, just are you have there's different ways to to do it, but I would say figure out your few activities you're going to do every single day. And this is the Richard Robbins thing I was touching on. Keep score and have an actual measurable what you're going to do every day. Like are you going to do what Keith Roy talked about, which is five letters a day, five follow-up calls, try to go on one appointment? That's a pretty good thing, but then actually track it. And at the end of every week, look and be like, okay, did I do it? Did I not do it? And I think if it was me, the biggest metric I track is how many appointments did I go on? And that doesn't necessarily need to be when you're new, you're not going to have clients yet. But you could be tracking, well, how many people did I sit down and say, hey, I'm new in real estate if you have referrals, help me. I have a mentor. You don't need to worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And I know, like me personally, if I'm going on four appointments a day, I'm going to reach my sales goals 
or sorry, four appointments a week. If I'm going on less than that, I'm like, okay, I got to change some stuff here. Like I think, but if I didn't keep score, it would be very easy to all of a sudden you're going on two appointments a week and you don't necessarily know. And then, you know, you don't feel the work you don't do in real estate until two or three months later <laughs> when there's no money coming in. So yeah. anyway, I hope you guys found that helpful. It's really fun to be back, Matt and Jer. I'm, I'm really happy to be back with you guys. We are hoping next week to maybe be talking to somebody who does that uh, door knocking thing that the rest of us find so distasteful and maybe get a glimpse into like why they do it, how it's successful and, and, I, I want to hear some of the horror stories of like people just losing it on them. So anyway, thank you guys very much. Thanks. Bye.